What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, BJ, the DJ. You are now tuned into episode three of the rewrap. That's right. We are on episode three. Before we get started, make sure you hit that like button. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do so right now. The rewrap is also available on all streaming platforms. So please find one and tap in with us again. This is episode three. We're officially here. Third episode in, which is technically the fourth episode. If you look at how it's laid out, what have we covered so far? Well, um, episode zero, we kind of gave you a brief history on how the rewrap came about uh, and how we came up with the concept. Episode one, we talked about the top five dead or alive. And episode two, we covered the 10 most influential artists in No Limit Records history. So for episode three, I want to keep it local. And by local, I mean, I want to talk about a group out of what I feel like is a hot spot for um, hip hop. And that's Memphis, Tennessee. Specifically, I want to talk about three, six mafia. Now the statement I'm about to make is probably one of the most controversial statements I'm ever going to make. Three, six mafia is the greatest rap group of all time. I'll say it again. Three, six mafia is the greatest, not one of is the greatest rap group of all time. Now, I'm about to back that up. Some of you out there are going to mention Wu-Tang Clan. You're going to bring up Outkast. You're going to talk about NWA. You're going to say something about the Ghetto Boys. There are so many groups out there that you can label as the greatest of all time, but none of their catalogs, none of them, none of their catalogs can withstand the impact of 3-6 Mafia's catalog. I'll say it again. None of their catalogs can withstand the impact of 3-6 Mafia's catalog. Let me elaborate. Some groups are lucky to get three really solid albums, right? By the time most groups get to album number four, there are solo projects involved. There is one artist that stands out more than the other, so you get less group projects, you get more individual projects. If you look at what 3-6 Mafia did over the span of their career together, no other group has been able to do something that long, that consistently. So let's look at the catalog. You can start with, we'll, we'll look at the catalog and we'll only look at, first we'll only look at 3-6 Mafia albums, right? Um, let's count them. We got Mystic Styles. You've got Chapter 1, The End. You've got Chapter 2, World Domination. You've got When the Smoke Clears. You get The Unbreakables, which is five. You get Most Known Unknowns at six. You get Last Two Walk at seven. And then you can even say you get the Mafia Six Project at eight, right? Um, cause they were all together for that project. So we'll call that eight. Then you bring in the, the collaboration projects. You get, um, tear the club up thugs with nine. You get hypnotized camp posse at 10. You get, um, I mean, heck you could even call the Headbuster project with fiend. You can call that 11. That's 11 solid albums from three six mafia most groups like i said are good to get four and if you talk about the span in which those projects came out they were competing against um your favorite rap groups and they were killing it 
um, completely unmatched. Now, not just the album side of it, the production side as well. They were competing against some top-notch producers and putting out bangers with some of your favorite artists. Um, and I know that's a portion of it. I mean, we're trying to stay stay on track here and talk about just 3-6 Mafia as a group, right? Um, but I don't feel like there's too many groups out there that can stand up against them catalog-wise, let alone talent-wise, let alone the things they were doing while being at the peak of their career. They were dropping other projects. Not just did we get 3-6 Mafia albums, we also got Project Pat albums. We got Lil White albums. We got um, side projects with um, the underground projects. We got more content from 3-6 Mafia in a decade and a half than we get from most artists in an entire career. They were performing at a top level. They were signing artists. They were dropping underground stuff. They were producing records for other people. Um, they were doing movies. Not only did we get Choices 1 and Choices 2, we also got the soundtrack for um, Hustle & Flow that uh, won them an, an Academy Award. 3-6 Mafia was unmatched during that time frame. Now, I was first exposed to 3-6 Mafia because of the underground Memphis scene. There were a lot of other artists in Memphis and the underground scene that were doing well that I listened to, like Tommy Wright III, Tom Schemas, DJ Squeaky, all of those guys were were huge for me as far as what I listened to growing up. I mean, it's just really it's really hard to argue with the impact in which 3-6 Mafia's catalog had on not just hip-hop in general, but Southern hip-hop. 3-6 um, Mafia was at its peak when Southern hip-hop was thriving, and they were providing songs for people um, and beats for people that were just absolutely killing it. They were at the top of their game. Southern hip-hop was really, really booming at the time. Um, now, there have been some controversies surrounding 3-6 Mafia as far as some of the former artists that left there, but, I mean, even still, they all kind of came back together for the Mafia 6 to, to create what we loved about 3-6 Mafia in the early days. I mean, you've even got to look at what DJ Paul and Juicy J have been able to do on their own after 3-6 Mafia. I would love to get another 3-6 Mafia album, but I just don't know how it would live up to the hype with today's era of music, right? Uh, I feel like the production can withstand the test of time, but as far as the content goes and what they were rapping about and how they were presenting it, I don't really feel like it would resonate with today's audience. That's why I feel like when they broke up, it was kind of like at the, the the perfect time, right? Um, you know, Juicy J has done well with himself after 3-6 Mafia, and so has Paul. Like, Juicy J's done stuff with Wiz Khalifa. He's produced uh, several albums by himself. You see those guys doing collaboration projects with other artists. I mean, DJ Paul's doing uh, an album with Yellow Wolf, and he's with Slumerican, and they're, you know, their their legacy is continuing to live on. And 3-6 Mafia was really hitting its stride at a point when, like, there were a lot of groups coming up, right? Um especially in the South. If you look at the South, even in Memphis still, you had um, you had 8-Ball and MJG who were like the pioneers for the whole Memphis rap scene. Like we were early 90s listening to 8-Ball and MJG. And you can even dig deeper into the South with like UGK and uh, groups like that. But, you know, and the OG groups of the bunch, uh, your Public Enemies, your Wu-Tang Clans, your NWAs, your Ghetto Boys, um, even the hot boys, like there were so many groups out there that were 
were big outcasts, arguably one of the greatest groups of all time. Um, I just feel like outcasts walked away at the wrong time. And I could be wrong in thinking that, but three, six mafia continued to carry on for 11 albums. Um, and not just that, like it's, it's hard to imagine like as much content they were putting out back then to even still provide solo projects from other artists that you had signed. Um, you know, to, to provide beats for other artists that were mainstream artists, like them boys were putting in work and it paid off like that. That's why it's hard for me to argue another group being bigger than three, six mafia at any point in their entire career. I know you could probably say three, six mafia didn't really hit its stride until like when the smoke clears, but a, a true, underground three six mafia fan will tell you that from mystic styles chapter one chapter two they were still still rattling trunks they were still reaching the mainstream and they were still just as popular as they were after when the smoke clears um their to me their underground career was just as important as their mainstream career and i think that was evident with you know how successful they got after when the smoke clear uh, came out I know that may have been their first platinum album, and that's when you first started noticing them um, reaching out for features on Three Six Mafia projects outside of the camp. Now they had the Tear the Club Up Thugs, which was heavily featured with other artists, but as far as Three Six Mafia brand goes, they never really worked outside of their camp except for when the smoke clears. Then you started seeing them collaborate more and more, and that was probably due to the popularity in which they had gained, uh, and rightfully so. What I loved about the Tear the Club Up Thugs project was the fact that I got to hear a lot of rappers that I enjoyed listening to rap over 3-6 Mafia beats. To this day, there are two tracks that I keep in rotation constantly, and uh, one of them is the Talk Up off Drake's album that features Jay-Z rapping over a DJ Paul beat. And the cool thing about that DJ Paul beat is, is it samples the Dope Man, which is a Dr. Dre beat. That's a little fun fact for you right there. Um, and the other is um, International Players Anthem, which is UGK and Outkast rapping over a 3-6 Mafia beat. Those are the things that excite me about music is when you get those dream collaborations, not just from a collaboration rapper standpoint, but also who produced the record. Um, and so 3-6 Mafia is, if you talk about top five producers of all time, and to me, everyone knows Dr. Dre is my favorite. 3-6 Mafia is in that top three. If I could get a beat from anybody to this day, in that top three, it's 3-6 Mafia all day. Um, their production was second to none. Um, and you can criticize them as rappers, but at the same time, due to the content and the time frame in which all that was going on, the Southern rappers weren't very lyrical. They didn't have to be. It wasn't about being like, it wasn't about providing quality bars. It was about sounding fly over this dope beat, right? And um, they, they never failed to deliver on any of that. So I know it's very unpopular for me to say what I said, but I think... If you compare catalogs and you compare longevity and how 3-6 Mafia did it better and longer than most groups ever could imagine without any conflict, without any breakups, without any um, you know disputes, um, I think it's hard to argue 3-6 Mafia not being the greatest rap group of all time. If you're from the South, you definitely don't argue that much. I mean, the top three groups that come up of all time, if you're talking about from the South, you always get outcast, you get UGK, and you get 3-6 Mafia. 
and I love all three of those groups, but it's really hard for me to say Three Six Mafia doesn't stand at the top of that pillar. Just me, right? I would really love to hear at least one more Three Six Mafia album. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, and I'm okay with that. You know, as long as Juicy J's putting out projects and DJ Paul's putting out projects and I still get to hear their production um, for some of these newer rappers, then I'm good. You know what I mean? Um, but it takes me back to a time frame when I was younger, when, you know, riding around, having a system in my car and, you know, being seen and being heard. It takes me back to a time frame when all of that was important. Um, Three Six Mafia, again, loved that time period, loved that era. Loved what they did for Memphis rap, not just Memphis, but also Tennessee rap. Um, they really were key in putting Tennessee rap on the map. Um, and I do think that their 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 legacy is forever submitted by their catalog. And I think it's worth noting in the history of hip hop, 3-6 Mafia, you know, stands alone. And that's just my opinion. Uh, again, very unpopular. Um, you know, is what it is. Up for debate. 3-6 Mafia, greatest rap group of all time. It is what it is. Mafia, Mafia. I'm BJ the DJ. I'll catch you on the B-side. I'm out.